meeting with me today. Yeah, no problem. Okay, I've been thinking a lot about my relationship with you, and I think I figured out what my problem is. Your problem? Yeah, well, I don't know. I just thought that, I don't know, maybe I should just like share it with you and let you know? Yeah, please. Okay, um, Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, see, my problem is, I, I don't know, my, my problem is that I don't trust you very much. You don't trust me very much? 
Right. I mean, when I say I don't trust you very much, what I really mean is I don't trust you at all. Okay. I mean, you know, I really would like to. It's just that, I don't know, when you tell me to do something that just, you know, it doesn't make sense to me, I don't know, just things just get all messed up in my head. Kathleen, I, I can teach you how to trust me. Really? Yeah, that is, if you want to learn. Do you have a book or something? Well, yes, oh. but I have an exercise. Really? Yeah, and okay. I think it'll really help you. Oh, okay, if, yeah. If you want to try it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd love to trust you. It's just that I don't, you know? <laughs> okay, I think okay. you'll do great. Okay, how about you stand right over here? Oh, okay. Okay, uh, face that direction. Oh, all right. Okay, I will stand behind you. Oh, okay. All right, now, Kathleen. Jesus. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Okay, turn around. Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah, sorry. All right, now, Kathleen. Yes. Do you trust me? <laughs> Short-term memory, Jesus. <laughs> um, actually, don't you remember, I don't know, like, like 10 seconds ago, I told you I don't trust you? Yeah. Right. Well, I still don't trust you. I mean, I don't know if you were supposed to do something like mud on the eyes or something like that, but somehow I missed it. <laughs> okay, well, this is all part of the exercise. What do you mean? Well, whenever I ask you if you trust me, uh -huh. I want you to automatically say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't? It's practice. Practice? Yeah. You can oh, do it. Okay. Uh, let's try it again. Kathleen. Yes. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Good. Okay. <laughs> now relax. All right. Okay. Take a deep breath. Okay. And fall back. <laughs> you mean like, woo, is that what we're talking about here? Sure, just woo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, and then what? <laughs> then what? Yeah. Well, you know what your part is, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you said to stand over here, face this way, and fall back. Yeah, fall back. Mm -hmm. Now the rest of it. Yes, yes, the rest of it. Go ahead. You don't need to be concerned about. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but you see, it's actually the rest of it that really concerns me. <laughs> so if we could just talk through that, then we can... All right, Kathleen. I want you to take care of your part, uh -huh. and I'll take care of the rest. Okay. After all, you do trust me, don't you? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Good. Okay. Now fall back. Uh, what? This is crazy. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What if I were to put my arms up just in case somebody wants to catch me? Like a little trust ball. Is that what we're doing here? All right. If it helps you to put your arms out, go right ahead. Really? Yeah, go for it. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay, here we go. Um, Kathleen? <laughs> um, what, Kathleen, what are you doing? Kathleen? Oh. Woo! All right, Jesus, that was awesome! Uh, what do you want to do next? That was something. Let's, let's try it again. Oh. All right, now, Kathleen, okay. I want you to stand in the same place. Okay. Okay, but this time, no walking backwards. Oh, And oh. definitely no looking behind you. Okay, yeah, but you know, I just looked back for like a quick second, and you were like so far back there, I thought, there is no way he's going to catch me from there. So I thought I'd get a little closer, just for you. <laughs> Kathleen, you do realize that I'm Jesus, don't you? Well, yeah, of course. Okay, so I can do this. Yeah, I know you a can do this. And you can do this. Yeah, of course. After all, you do trust me, don't you? Yes, Jesus. I trust you. Good. Now fall back. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. I, I can do this. You can do it? I can do this, yes. Um, I'm going to do it for real this time. I believe you can do it. Okay, yes, I can do it. Okay. Please, please, please catch me. Okay, all right, I can do this. Woo, just do it. All right, here we go. Woo, here we go. Oh my, oh my 
talking about. I was like falling for like a really long time. And then all of a sudden now you were like, woo! And I was like, sweet! And I need to find a bathroom because I need to throw up. Oh, no, no, no. Save that for later. Oh, okay. Push it down. Yeah, push that down. Okay. Wow, Kat, that was awesome. Really? Yeah, you're a natural. Oh, really? Yeah, you're ready for level two. Okay, uh, level two, all right. All right, let's step okay. it up. All right, okay. here we go. So when I give... Woo! Jesus, what are you doing? This is way too close. This is not a challenge. Here we go. Okay, Kathleen, we're going to do it a little differently this time. Uh -huh. Kathleen, turn around. Okay, face me. Face you? Yeah. Okay, well, that seems easier, okay, but whatever. So when I give Jesus. Signal, I want you... <laughs> you got to stop doing that, all right? What? Wait for my signal. Oh, right, 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 right. The Jesus signal. Yes, wait for the Jesus okay. signal. Okay. okay, all right. Sorry, Kathleen, my head. do you okay. trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you so much. Good. Yeah. Now fall back. Oh, that is awesome, Jesus. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you do it. <laughs> what? This is crazy. Oh, okay. Jesus, I don't mean to tell you this because I know you're like Jesus and all, right? Mm -hmm. But do you see over there? Yeah. There is nobody over here, okay? So you need to come stand over here. Well, I know it looks that way to you. Jesus, it doesn't just look that way. It is that way. You can see there's nobody over here. Kathleen, you just need to let your faith overcome your fear really? and fall back. No. Okay, no, 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 no. I, I have an idea. Why don't you tell me what you're going to do, and then I'll do it. Doesn't work that way. I need it to work that way, Jesus. I mean, seriously, are you going to run really quick like Superman over there? Or maybe like a miracle, poof, a bed, <laughs> you know? I mean, seriously, you can do that. Kathleen, you didn't know I was going to catch you the first time. Right? But you still fell. Well, yeah, because you were behind me. That made sense. But this is just like crazy. No, this is not crazy. Really? Yeah, you're, okay. you're capable of this. Okay. okay, Jesus. Okay, when I came out here, I didn't trust you at all, right? Yeah. But now I trust you so much. But and, and I'm thinking there's that that's so much just more, Kathleen. Enough, you know, that's enough. What? Because, you know, when I came out here, I just felt lousy. But now I feel so great, but, you know? Kathleen, and I want to take I you know, to the next place. The, I want to help yeah. you grow. Yeah. I, I should start a trust ministry. What? That's a great idea, Jesus. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get a bunch of people together and we'll start doing trust Kathleen? exercises. And, yeah, and then Kathleen, we'll talk listening. about it and see how it's going. And Aloha kakayaka. <laughs> don't know, aloha kakayaka means good morning in Hawaiian. That's just, <laughs> good morning. Very, very good. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Christina Brown. And yeah, this is my, my story right here. Um, you know, the Lord has just been so good to me. Throughout all of this going on, he was still so faithful to me. I grew up in a family of six kids, as I stated, and from a little town in Hawaii called Nanakuli. <laughs> and I never even imagined that I would be able to do the things that the Lord had in store for my life, like directing a play, being a part of many plays, being able to sing in front of millions of people, as well as being a worship leader on one of the America's fastest growing churches and being on a wonderful team such as Momentum in which we're able to go across the nation and get to minister to our brothers and sisters in Christ and as well as encouraging the youth. You know, I, I truly am so undeserving. But the Lord had bigger plans than anything that I could ever imagine. It says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, let me get this out. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, 
and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love them. Let me say that again. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Church, God has given us the opportunity to no longer live by what this world has said we're capable of doing. But God has given us the opportunity with him by our side to dream in color. How many of you agree with that? Can I hear an amen? Amen.
the uh, Momentum team. These are uh, students uh, representing our creative arts and worship department. Don't they have beautiful talents and beautiful gifts? Oh. I'll grab it right here. They, uh, they partner that with uh, beautiful hearts uh, for the Lord. And uh, it's really a privilege to be here this morning on behalf of New Hope Christian College. Greetings, everyone. Uh, greetings from Eugene, Oregon. And uh, I, I, I must say, though, it's really good to be in sunny California. We get to work on our tan. We have vitamin D deficiency up there at times, so it's really good to be here this morning. I want to thank uh, Pastor Terry and the leadership team for uh, just opening up their arms and hearts for us to be here. I love this church. I'd love to go to church here. Uh, but I want to share my message with you this morning. I'm going to just jump right in uh, by showing you a picture. And this picture is a picture of an iceberg. Uh, it serves as an analogy or an illustration of what I would like to be more like. I would like to be more like uh, this iceberg, not in temperature. I don't want to be a frigid, cold person, but more uh, in relationship to its design. Uh, you'll notice that a portion of the iceberg, uh, a small portion of the iceberg is seen above the surface, but a larger portion of the iceberg is below the surface. And uh, that's what I would like to be like in the sense that uh, I'm growing in depth as a person below the surface of what you see. See, I'm a self-admitted sufferer of shallow disease. And I believe walking with God through faith in Christ is a way in which you can develop depth. And so this picture uh, serves to uh, motivate me to become a person who's building a deep life. And what you see on the surface is like the personality of the iceberg. Uh, what is below the surface of the water is the character of the iceberg. Personality is what people perceive us to be. Character is really who we are. So I want to be somebody that's not just focused on image, perception, but I want to be somebody focused on character and want to be focused on substance. So I want to talk to you this morning about uh, building deep lives and why that's important. Psalm 42.7 says, deep calls out to deep. Now that's a conversation. I believe it's uh, implying God is one of the voices deep out of the depth of God's being 
he's calling out to people suggesting that all of us have the potential to have that kind of depth. Deep calls to deep. Building deep lives. And so if you have a Bible with you this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. That's where we're going to start this morning. Verses 12 and 13. And the Apostle Paul is teaching about the material in which we build our lives upon. And we'll see the encouragement to build deep. It says as follows, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Paul is talking about material that we choose to utilize and acquire in building our lives, in building our relationships, uh, in building our ministries. And he lists six different types of material. We could break it up into two categories. There's material that you can find above the surface, wood, hay, and straw. And then there's material, three items that you can find below the surface, gold, silver, and costly stones. And he says that this material will be tested. And it will be tested by fire. And that will reveal the quality of the material in which we're building our lives, relationships, or ministries upon. So it's interesting to note how these different types of material will respond exposed to fire. Wood, hay, and straw on the surface material. Easy to get to. Accessible. Readily available. Just Scoop it up. I've done a lot of that in life. However, what happens to that material when it's exposed to the testing of fire? Or the challenges, trials, temptations, pressures of life? How does wood, hay, and straw hold up to fire? Not that well. The fire triumphs over the wood, hay, and straw and actually destroys it. And God doesn't want us to build our lives to where when uh, exposed to the fires of testing, the fire hurts us rather than helps us. What happens when we apprehend material for our lives that's under the surface? Not as easy to get to. It's going to take some searching, might take a little digging, might take a little bit of labor. But once apprehended, the gold, the silver, the costly stones exposed to fire reacts completely different than wood, hay, and straw. Gold, silver, and costly stones gets refined by the fire. It improves. Its value increases when it goes through the hard testing of fire. That's God's heart for you and I. When we build our lives from material... That's not so readily available, easy to get to, quick, and everybody's doing it. But material that requires maybe some asking, some seeking, some knocking, some spiritual digging. We have resources now to where when we go through the fires of testing, we don't get bitter, we get better. 
We're not just surviving challenges. We're thriving through challenges. And at the other side, we are improved and we've grown and we've been transformed. And more and more of the potential God's place in us rises out of us. That's God's heart. And that's why it's important and valuable to build deep. God's asking us to go below the surface and find material that will allow us to thrive through pressure. I've had the privilege of uh, traveling and just a little bit speaking to middle school students, yay, and high school students, yay, and uh, actually these are leaders in the open Bible denomination that meet for these regional training conferences. And so I've been traveling, speaking to these, and the theme of our conferences is how to life journal. And life journaling is a tool, we use this up at the college, it's just a tool, a way in which we can have uh, devotion time with Jesus through his word. And so we teach and train them how to read the Bible, how to journal what you've read, and uh, how to personalize it and apply it to your life. A very powerful uh, tool to have to build a deep, spiritual, strong life. So be encouraged everybody. Our middle schoolers and our high schoolers are not pursuing shallow living. They're pursuing deep living. And they're learning how to dig and how to mine spiritual material that will be favorable for them when they encounter the pressures, the temptation that they're facing. Up at New Hope Christian College, we talk about our passion is, our mission is to release the dreams, the God-given dreams of the next generation. And what we're trying to emphasize is for our students to tap in to the realm under the surface of things, into the supernatural realm, and receive God's plan, vision, dream, calling for their life. Because we believe contained in that dream that God has embedded deep in their hearts is the answers to questions and solutions to the problems of tomorrow. And as those dreams are discovered, as they're developed, and as they're deployed, they'll bring an impact, a blessing, and a touch of God upon this world, which is what our goal is. So, Building deep lives. That's our passion. Let me give you three keys or insights this morning for yourself and how we can build below the surface, spiritually speaking. Uh, key number one is I have learned as God has helped me move from a shallow disease to be a person of depth is I need to learn how to operate not from the visible but from the invisible. So moving from the visible realm to the invisible realm and operating out of that. Great things, powerful things come out of the realm of the unseen. For instance, many of the things that we see in the world today in the visible realm originated in the invisible realm. For instance, dreams or ideas or visions that people had in the invisible realm then materialized into the visible realm and then we get to enjoy that. Let me give you a couple examples. Before there was an airplane in the visible realm, it was first a dream 
in the mind of Orville, Orville excuse me, and Wilbur Wright. Before there was a light bulb, it was first a dream in Thomas Edison. Before there was the United States of America, it was first a dream, a vision in our founding fathers. Before there was the civil rights movement and racial equality, it was first a dream in Martin Luther King Jr. Before there was Disneyland, it was first a dream in Walt Disney. And most importantly, before there was In-N-Out Burger, <laughs> it was a dream in Harry and Esther Snyder back in 1948. Yeah, the power, the power of dreams. Do you know everything we see in the natural is a byproduct of the supernatural? It's the most powerful realm, the realm of the unseen. And that's where God wants us to live from, out of the invisible. Here's a great picture of this, Genesis chapter 1, all the way back to the beginning, verses 1 and 2. Listen to what it says and describes. It says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Not much to look at. Not much in the visible realm, would you say? Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So in the visible realm, it was barren, it was formless, it was empty. And then the chapter goes on to describe that God, from His voice, from His word out of the supernatural, invisible realm of God's kingdom, he spoke, he spoke and created stuff. Everything in the visible realm, all the beauty, all the variety, all of creation, everything we can touch, we can smell, it all came from the invisible, supernatural realm of his word. God is a creative God. And he's still creative, by the way. I don't know if he's still creating planet Earth somewhere else. But he's still wanting to bring creative expression through our lives. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made or the visible realm. So that people are without excuse. What dimension is more powerful? The visible or the invisible? It's the invisible. I believe God wants us in these days to continue to tap in to the invisible realm. And when we do that, and as we do that, I believe that we will see new levels of godly creative expression in our lives. And I think the world's hungry for that. Healthy creative expression. Supernatural creative expression. Innovation. Do you need any new things in your life? Any of you get stuck in a rut sometimes? You know what a rut is. It's a coffin with the two ends kicked out. <laughs> is anybody operating in the typical? Well, God wants to bring creative expression to our relationships. Uh, he wants us to be problem solvers, innovators at our job place. Even in the church and even in ministry, God wants to uh, refuel the flames of godly creativity. And that happens as we tap in, plug in 
to the supernatural invisible realm and then see it materialize in the visible realm. Do any of our relationships, do any of our lives need a little creativity? I came across a story of a couple who was stuck uh, in the typical, their relationship is stagnated and they need some creativity. See if you agree. Oli and Olga lived on a farm in Iowa. They'd been married for 37 years. Olga, poor girl, was living on a starvation diet of affection. Oli never gave her any signs of love and Olga's need to be appreciated went unfulfilled. At her wit's end, Olga blurted out, Oli, why don't you ever tell me that you love me? Oli stoically responded, Olga, when we were married, I told you that I loved you. And if things ever change, I will let you know. <laughs> oh, there is no creativity in that relationship. Oli, you need to tap in, baby, into the invisible realm and get some fresh ideas on how to romance, how to love your spouse, right? Man, we need to get creative. I was getting my hair cut last week. And uh, the girl who was cutting my hair, she was uh, telling me a really cute story. You may think it's kind of dorky, but it's, I think it's cute, about her husband. She's bragging about her husband and how he had made her, a brec made her breakfast uh, the other day. And how he made her an omelet. And then he grated some cheese. And then he, um, he shaped and molded and formed the cheese in some cute little design and some cute little picture. And... I thought, okay, that's kind of corny, but not really. I mean, I think it shows, you know, some creativity in expressing. Anyways, I'm just trying to be helpful to uh, anybody out there. But it's imp if we want to build uh, deep lives, it's from moving from the visible to the invisible. Let me give you another key this morning. Is not only moving uh, from the visible to the invisible, but moving from information to inspiration. And I think they're different. Uh, information is the acquiring of facts and figures and knowledge. And I love to read. I'm a studier. The word disciple, matter of fact, means learner. I, I want to be a lifelong learner. I, I have a bachelor's degree. I work at a college. I'm totally pro-academic pursuit. And I think we need to exercise our mind. But I have come to the conclusion that information moves the mind. Inspiration moves the heart. And I don't think that I can beat up on the devil with information. But I think I can be spiritually strong with inspiration. And I think that's what God wants for all of us. He wants you to be on a hunt, on a search for information, but not to leave it at that. That th what you're learning about, then there's a, a touch from heaven. There's a touch from God that inspires you and moves you by his spirit. Uh, it's great when the information you're receiving and the inspiration you're receiving matches up. That's a win-win. But what happens when the facts and figures and information you're receiving maybe doesn't line up with the inspiration you're receiving? What are you going to do? Have you ever done something that to others looked like it was illogical, that it was unintelligent, didn't line up with the information, but you knew deep down it was exactly what you were supposed to do. Because you were what? Inspired. Let me give you an example of information versus inspiration. I was with my uh, son. I have three boys. And I uh, was with my oldest. And we were at Wendy's having lunch one day. And we're just relaxing. And 
eating away and just sitting there and and in walks these three gentlemen into Wendy's. And uh, these guys were uh, obviously construction workers by how they were dressed. They had tank tops on and their big construction muscles, big tool belts, hard hat, big boots. I mean, these were manly men. You could tell they'd been working hard. They had dirt on them and stuff like that. And so they come lumbering in and order and they sit down to eat. And so I just noticed and then I went about my business with my son. And uh, then I felt like I was getting inspired by God. And he said, hey Sean, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to go to those three guys and I want you to tell them two things. Let them know I know exactly who they are and that I really love them. And I went, oh, hold it. These guys are big. They're on a break. I'm in this sissy, preppy, J.C. Penney sweatsuit. I don't fit. You know, we, we, you know, there's not a lot of common ground here. I don't want to get beat up. So I had a set of information that wasn't lining up with the inspiration. So I'm wrestling with God. And I was pastoring at that time. And it was a Monday, which is typically our days off. And I'm like, but Lord, it's Monday. I'm just, I'm, I'm just resting with my <laughs> So I like surrendered. I'm thinking all this stuff through. And so I just, I looked at my son. I go, son, why don't you go wait out in the car? <laughs> I, I wasn't sure what was going to take place. But you want to follow through on the inspiration. So I walked over to the table. <laughs> And uh, they're chowing down. And I said, excuse me, gentlemen. He kind of looked up at me and, hey, I just uh, felt led to let you know that uh, God knows who you are and he really loves you. And that's all I said. That's all I thought I heard I was supposed to say. <laughs> so I just kept it short to the point. <laughs> now, two of the guys looked at me and... I was waiting for them to throw french fries at me. <laughs> and I could tell they were like irritated. Like, what? But one guy was, I could tell some tears were starting to move and getting close to, to coming out. And he looked at me and in a very sincere voice just said, hey, thank you very much. So I could tell Something was, God was doing something there. And so I made it alive and unhurt. And went out to the car and went home. <laughs> and that has stuck with me. And it's been a, a formidable experience about the power of inspiration. Academic pursuit alone is not enough. A gathering of information alone is not enough. Matter of fact, you can actually read the Bible and just try to acquire information. doesn't necessarily inspire you. I know somebody that read, has memorized the entire Bible, but doesn't believe in God. The most intelligent person on earth, so to speak, Stephen Hawking, a theoretical physicist. I mean, this guy knows more than all of us maybe put together as far as information. He's been quoted publicly saying there is no God. Belief in the afterlife is a fairy tale. So I want to go deep with the Lord. And I want to learn lots of stuff.
I want to be a lifelong learner. But I want the breath of God more than I want just information. I want the inspiration of God because I think that's what moves you from being smart to being wise. And I think there's a difference. You know in the Bible, 1 Kings, it talks about how many people from many different nations all came to see King Solomon. And it doesn't say they came to see King Solomon because he was so smart. They literally were drawn to the wisdom of King Solomon. And I believe all of us have the capacity to walk in wisdom. And wisdom is about mastering the art of life. As we go through complexities, God wants to give us inspiration from the information that will allow us to navigate in such a way where we're a blessing to others, we are fulfilled, and, and God is able to just allow us to have wisdom in life. So, visible to the invisible, information to inspiration, and then finally, let me give you another key about building deep, is moving from eyesight to insight. Moving from eyesight to insight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith, not by sight. Now, you know, human eyesight, comparatively speaking, ain't that great. Relatively average, I'm sorry to tell you. For instance, the human eye captures roughly 24 images per second. Uh, this means that if your eye were a camera, it could snap 24 pictures every second. Insects see about 250 images per second. Normal human vision is 2020. A dog is 2050. Um, horses are about 2033. Cats are 2100. Cats see about six times better than humans in the dark. Yeah. So our eyesight, hey, I'm thankful for the way God's designed us. But our greatest potential is not our natural sight, but we are off the charts with spiritual insight. That's where we really shine. You know, you have two sets of eyes. You got your physical set, but you also have a spiritual set. And that is the set of eyes that God wants to be active, operational, and fully functional. So that you're not just operating by what you see in the physical realm. If that's all that you're operating out of, that's like operating out of instinct. And the animal kingdom, they operate by instinct, but we're not designed that way. When humans just operate out of their fallen nature, their instinct, it's messy. It's not pretty. And it's not good. But when we come alive, and we open up the eyes of discernment, and we walk by insight, and we're seeing beyond the appearance of things... We're seeing deeper into the layers of life. And God gives us insight and discernment. That's how he's designed us to operate. Relationships. Uh, what's happening around you socially. God wants to give you discernment. So you have some understanding. I remember uh, driving by this uh, house under construction close to my neighborhood. It wasn't in my neighborhood but it was in the neighborhood connected to my neighborhood. I remember driving by it and watching the foundation go up. 
And then some of the framing went up. And I remember starting to kind of turn my nose up at it. Like that doesn't look very impressive. And I don't think that house fits in this neighborhood. It's going to bring the value of all the other surrounding houses down. So I would drive by and just kind of stick my nose up at it. And weeks would go by, months would go by. The framing went up, the siding went up. And I was like, oh man, that does not fit. And then they painted it. Whoa. It's like, who, who's thinking this thing through? And it didn't fit. It wasn't attractive. And so I started to have this opinion about this house based on what I was seeing with my eyes. And then it, the process continued. Some of the finish work came. Then the landscapers came. And they added all these other touches to it. And I remember thinking, hey, wait a minute. That ain't so bad. And it was really starting to be an attractive, really cool house. And it was right about that time where the Lord said, Hey, Sean, you know, you kind of do this with people. You judge prematurely. You look just through your natural eyes and you formulate an opinion and it's not discerning, it's not insightful at all. Do you know you can have a strong opinion about something and not have strong discernment about something? <laughs> Do you know you can be sincere about your opinion and also be sincerely wrong? <laughs> I've done it. And God wants us to operate with right judgment. John chapter 7 verse 24 says this. Jesus is speaking. Stop judging by mere appearance. But instead judge correctly. And God taught me, hey Sean, I'm working. And I'm doing things beyond the surface that maybe you're not perceiving because you're reacting, not responding. You know, God wants to help you not react to things just out of your natural eyesight, but to respond out of perception and out of insight. So those are just some keys this morning about how you and I in these days, we can, we can tap into the design and the potential of being deep people. Deep calls to deep. All of us have been given the capacity for spiritual depth to where under the surface of our lives, there's a lot of character there. There's a lot of substance there. Icebergs are a formidable force in the oceans because of what's under the surface. God wants us to be formidable force of goodness, of light, of love, of healing, of the kingdom of God. And that's what happens when we start to develop more and more spiritual substance underneath the surface. And I, I want to close this morning by just finishing by explaining why I think it's so important that we dig deep. That we go after the gold, silver, and costly stones. Not only are you going to thrive through hardship, trials, and testing, you're going to come out the other side better, not bitter. God wants us to build deep. And the reason that he wants us to build deep is because he also wants to build high. Do you know skyscrapers, I'm kind of infatuated with skyscrapers a little bit. I learned skyscrapers, you know, can only go as high as they are deep and wide under the surface. And I believe that God wants to add floors to your life. He wants to add floors of spiritual blessing, floors of uh, spiritual favor, of influence. He wants to add floors of new responsibility.
He wants to add floors of his presence and of his glory to your life. But he can only go up as it's connected to what's developing below. And I believe God wants to add floors to this church. Floors of influence. Floors of witness. Of his presence. Of his glory. And the word glory is often translated by the word weight. God wants to bring more of his glory to your life. Which is going to bring some spiritual weight. And he doesn't want you to buckle. Or crumble. Or implode. He actually wants you to stand strong. And have a corresponding foundation you're building your lives upon. So when he adds the weight of his glory upon your life, you're good. You can sustain it, maintain it, and he can add to it. That's why this message, I believe, is important. Because God wants to bring glory to your life. In a lot of different ways. It'll bring spiritual weight. But as we dig deep in him, we'll be able to partner with him all the way as he builds you know, wonderful things in our lives. So, Lord, this morning, Heavenly Father, we thank you for a time to gather together to worship Jesus, to open up your word, to be an encouragement to one another. Thank you for all the things you're doing here at Creekside. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought them to this place and this time and this community. And they have a destiny. Uh, individually, each one has a destiny and a purpose. And together, corporately, as a church, they have a destiny and a place and an assignment. And Lord, I know your heart is to give us a bedrock of spiritual resources that we can draw upon in a abounding way that will supply everything we need and more to glorify you and to be a major blessing to people all around us. And that's my prayer for this church. That not only are they growing up because of your favor and blessing, but they're growing down in their foundation, their spiritual depth with you. Thank you, Lord, for the great things you have in store for us. We look forward to it with hope and anticipation in Jesus' name. Amen. Searching for something real to make you feel You know that you're incomplete A song with a broken beat There's a hole in all our hearts And there's a reason why We were born to be A part of something holy All of us are restless till we You unsatisfied, it pulls at you constantly like gravity. This world never was enough, we're made for a deeper love. There's a hole in all our hearts, it's part of our design. We were born to be a part of something holy. All of us are restless till we die. 
bigger than, bigger than, bigger than all our lives. All our lives we long for something more. The life that we were all created for. We were born to be a part of something holy. All of us are restless till we find. We were born to be a part of something holy. Bigger than, bigger than, bigger than you and I. Bigger than, bigger than. Bigger than 